Witchy Mamas, Practical Living for Modern Families. Create magic every day and discover tips and tricks to keeping you sane and grounded while living in the real world. I'm your host, Billy Corinne. Hey, it's Billy Corinne here, and I have the pleasure of talking with Priya Kelly today. Hey, Priya, how are you? Hi, Billy. Such an honor to be here. So happy to be here. I am so I thrilled. Am so. <laughs> so Priya yes. is a New York City-based Western astrologer and has been studying astrology all of her life. She's been a professional astrologer for 12 years. Her horoscopes and articles have appeared on various international websites and publications, and she also does one-on-one -on -one work with clients. Is there anything I missed, Priya? Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> so I, I heard you on the Serpent Cast uh, months ago, and, you know, I really felt connected to you. I loved, you know, just everything you were saying, and I, I felt like we were old friends, you know, just listening to you on that podcast. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> it, has been an, it has been an interesting connection. For sure. I know I reached out to you and was like, hey, Priya, like I heard you. I really liked you. Like, you know, can I have a session with you? And you read my birth chart. And I mean, what are we doing? Like monthly sessions now? <laughs> yeah. And it's been, it's been such a pleasure to work with you. So that everything else aside, I will say that for sure. <laughs> I mean, well, you're, you're just very inspiring in so many ways. I don't know how much I want you. Yeah. <laughs> It's been very inspiring to work with. Very humbling, and I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I I love being able to connect with you. I mean, I I know I've told you it's better than therapy. You know, being able to really dig deep into my chart and you know uncover. I'm oh gosh, we we've done a lot of work together. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's really humbling to hear that. So thank you. I mean, obviously. For anyone listening, I'm not a, a trained therapist or anything, but astrology can help you to go deep, you know. It'll, it can be used for so many things, and it's a tool at the end of the day. But I, in my opinion, it's, if, if the ultimate goal is self-realization of any human journey or any soul's journey, if that's the ultimate goal, then astrology is one of the best tools we have. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, well, when this episode goes live, it's going to be November 6th. So we have, what, nine or 10 days left of the Venus retrograde. So what can we expect? Yes, let's talk about the Venus retrograde for a minute. Uh, for those of your listeners, of the listeners who are not familiar with astrology, just to give you a little, uh, can I get into a little bit of a background? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin in, in one sense as far as astrology is concerned. But if for someone who does not follow astrology at all, but we're going to get into that in terms of simple ways that you can start to incorporate astrology in your life and just observe it in your life. When we're working with astrology, what we're essentially doing is we're following the cycles of the planets and uh, in studying these patterns, we, the planets don't cause anything on Earth. They're, it's more so that they're reflecting a process that's already underway here on Earth and within us. You know, we are kind of one with the universe. So at the moment in the sky, 
the planet Venus, who is the planet of love, beauty, relationships, uh, creativity, or money, finances. She is in retrograde motion. And what that means is when a planet goes retrograde, she's not really moving backwards. She's only, it's only her apparent motion from where we are on Earth. So just to clarify that, but she appears to be going backward in the sky. And similarly, there's a process of um, reevaluating situations and going back on recent, on the recent thoughts and asking ourselves what the value of things are to us. So this retrograde, this Venus retrograde takes place in Scorpio and Scorpio is a sign it's a, it's a water sign. It's a very emotional sign. And it's a sign where it represents a process of metamorphosis. It brings up your darker shadows and our darker attachments to sex and money and life and death itself. You know, Scorpio represents death. But ultimately, Scorpio also teaches us that things don't die. They change. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. It's transformed. You know, so this is, with Venus, the planet of love and beauty in our hearts in Scorpio, it's really a purification of our desires that's happening right now. And uh, sorry, did I go on for too long? No, uh, it's, <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, for anybody who, you know, isn't that familiar with astrology, this is very helpful. Okay. Yeah. And Billy, please, I know I, you don't have to edit this, but I'm please feel free to jump in if I'm talking too much. Oh, absolutely. I will tell you when it's time to be quiet, Priya. <laughs> Thank you. No, you are fine. So um, with the Venus retrograde right now, um, you know, yeah. during the end of it, how, how long was this retrograde period? Another interesting thing about Venus retrograde and something that you know, the listeners can do for themselves. And, you know, is Venus, when she goes retrograde, she goes retrograde once every 18 months. And as she does this, she creates every 18 months, she'll station retrograde. But Venus of all the planets has a very particular, she creates a particular pattern in the sky as she does her retrograde. And she creates this five-pointed star in the sky. So every eight years, she will return to the same point of her retrograde. So for example, right now, Venus is retrograde in Scorpio. The last time she was retrograde in this part of the sky was eight years ago, which would have been in 2010, around this time of the year. And then before that would be 2002. And then before that would be 94. So depending on how old you are, you can trace your life back over eight year cycles. And what you're going to see is you're going to see a pattern emerging. You're going to see, you know, similar themes that kind of pop up. Retrogrades will often bring people from your past in. And in the case of Venus, it could be ex-lovers or, you know, ex-partners. Uh, but a retrograde is generally best used as a time for closure. You know, you're, you're looking at the past, you're reevaluating it, you're getting closure on it rather than repeating something. Uh, that's not to say you can't, you can do whatever you want. But it's best to be aware that things that you begin during a retrograde, you know, will change form in some sense once Venus is direct. In this case, uh, Venus stationed retrograde on the 5th of October. Well, she entered shadow phase on the 2nd of September. And then she stationed retrograde on the 5th of October. So this period between the 2nd of September and the 5th of October, we're going to be, now we're moving backwards through it. But as Venus moves back and forth, we're 
going over it two more times, right? Okay. We've already done it once. As Venus returns, retrogrades, she'll retrograde all the way back to the point of the zodiac that she was on the 2nd of September. And she will then start moving direct again on the 16th of November. So I hope I haven't been too confusing, but maybe I can give you dates, Billy, that you can add for people below. That way it's easy for them to refer. But yes, the Venus will be retrograde, station retrograde on the 5th of October, and she will be retrograde until the 16th of November. So pay attention to what was coming up around the 5th of October for you and kind of pay attention to what's coming up around the 16th of November. You know, you're going to see things are turning around, uh, especially around the 16th of November as Venus stations direct. There's a forward motion. It'll take some time to rebalance things, but things will surface and you'll find a way to restore balance in any situation that's gotten way too off balance. You know, that's a, that's a general sense overview of what's coming up. Okay. But another important thing okay. in this retrograde phase would be, of course, this episode will be airing after, but pay attention or look back to see what was going on with you around the 26th of October. Venus and the sun will have, will be meeting in a conjunction on that day. And although you're listening to this later, you you can look back to see what was going on on that day. That's going to give you some sense of clarity in terms of what the lessons of this transit have been to you. So maybe that's another thing that could be helpful. Fantastic. To look at. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's an overview of the Venus retrograde, but you can ask me questions. Yeah, no. I could. (laughs) Otherwise. Definitely. No, I think that really kind of... um, you know, gave us a great overview of it, you know, to definitely look back and, and see what um, happens on October 25th. That'll give us that clarity to the lessons we're supposed to be learning right now. And when it stations direct on November 16th, you know, we're going to be going in that forward motion at that point. Yes. Yes. And I mean, before that, we won't get into all the astrology, but there's a lot of shifts coming up around the 6th, 7th and 8th of November Jupiter's changing signs. We have a new moon in Scorpio. Uh, Uranus will be returning to Aries for a bit. And I mean, this is a lot of astrology. So if we don't have to get into all of it. But those days around the 6th, 7th, 8th of November, around when, you're, when this podcast will be airing, there are huge changes taking place. So get ready for a new chapter, you know? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? We were going to talk about today. Yeah. So let's let's discuss some of the simple ways that we can use astrology in our everyday life. Yes, I think that's I think that's really helpful for people to know. And one of the simplest ways I would say is to start paying attention to the moon cycles. I mean, everything else can get overwhelming. Out. And I would really recommend with astrology more than books. Of course, read your books, but one of the best ways is to re-engage with it and start to just observe it rather than, you know, worry about what it all means, you know? So simplest way, even if you don't know your chart, is just start paying attention to the moon cycles. A new moon will always mark a new beginning. It's the start of the new lunar month. So it's a new cycle. It's a time for initiating things. It's a time when we're planting seeds, you know, consciously or unconsciously, we're living this. Right. Whether or not we pay attention. It. So the more we do it consciously, the more it's like we're moving with the tide as, as opposed to against it. Absolutely. So 
yeah look at when the at the time of the new moon you're you're starting new things you're you're at the beginning of the cycle then we come to the half the first quarter of the moon which is halfway between the new moon and the full moon and that first quarter will always bring a turning point because at the first quarter the moon is at a 90 degree angle to the sun and if the sun if if we think about it at the time of the new moon the sun and the moon are together they're aligned in the sky so there's a sense of having to go inward right to find the inner center point before we decide okay we're starting something new at the time of the quarter moon when moon and the sun are at 90 degree angles there's a there's a sense of a turning point we're turning a corner and it's like okay the seeds that were planted at the new moon how do we push them ahead how you know how do we resolve this so we move ahead right then we reach yeah so that's that's always an interesting marker to watch and another thing i will say that any square sun moon square any planetary square it's always best to resolve it internally um i'll give you an example like a, a mars mercury square for example it can feel very because at the time of the square there's a 90 degree angle the planets are, it's like they're trying to resolve something something's around the corner but you can't really see it you have to turn that corner before you see what's there and that can be scary in a sense Definitely. so there's an inner resolution happening and it's better to do that internally rather than project it on people you know like a mars mercury square you could be feeling frustrated and you could suddenly snap at someone else but really it's you right you know uh so yeah that's that's your that's your first quarter energy then at the full moon full moon will always bring now the moon is full in the sky so you're going to see revelations things are coming to light there's a sense of completion and uh culmination it's a peak in emotion and then what is revealed by the light of the moon then as the moon starts to wane again again we're now we're closing out the cycle mm-hmm. so at the last quarter of the moon again the moon and the sun are at a 90 degree angle it's it's like okay all of this is spilled over with the full moon what do i want to keep and what do i want to let go what do i want to let go before i begin the new cycle again so that last quarter is about a lot of release and as we finish that last quarter return to the new moon the days just before the new moon again will feel like very low energy the tide is ebbing mm-hmm. so emotionally it's a great time to just go inward and recharge your batteries and you know find meditate and find inner stillness absolutely we be- renew and begin the new cycle again that's a very simple way even if you're not looking at what sign the moon is and what house moon is you can add those layers as you move along but you can start there and you'll see you'll see it in your own life you know absolutely and once you start to see it play out it just it comes alive and then life is your best teacher for astrology really <laughs> yeah no i i love the moon um so <laughs> my 2 year old he is not happy mm. until we go outside and check on mama moon <laughs> every night <Aww. laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so so what is what is moon sign I'm curious. Um would you I I don't know Priya I'm I'm terrible. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> it's that fine. You can tell me I can pull it up for you. You might if you want to cut this out you can cut it out but tell me. Okay. Yeah. Let, yeah, let's talk about that after the show. I'm I'm very I am definitely yeah, yeah. wanting to know um 
but yeah, he's, he's amazing. So the moon, you know, plays such a huge part in our lives. And with my children, you know, we, we do, we follow the moon cycles. We discuss, you know, all those things we were just talking about. And, you know, so, um, I always encourage people too, just to, you know, follow the moon, see how you're feeling, you know, started a journal, a yeah. moon journal, you know, what, where's the moon at? What phase, how are you feeling wow. that day? You know, how is it affecting you? And I think that definitely is going to give you a lot of insight into yourself for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so helpful because, you know, when we start to watch this, we also realize that our emotions are so, I mean, that's why emotions are, the moon rules your emotions and the moon rule, like we all know at the time of full moon, we have a full we have high tide, you yeah. know, our body is 90, 90% water. We are affected by this and it's subtle, but it's there. Definitely. And, you know, one of the things I, that people and that we can learn is that our emotions ultimately, no matter who or what is triggering them, they're still our own. Mm-hmm. The more we can kind of take, become aware of our emotions, take more responsibility for them, rather than expect other people to be responsible for our emotions. See, when we're children, it's fine. Our parents take care of us. Right. <clears throat> but at some point, we grow up into to be adults. But the thing is that we're all like two, year, two or three-year-old children inside, you know? <laughs> right? It's, it's I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting to feel like a grown-up. I'm like, when is it going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't happened to me yet. <laughs> So we're like children inside and there's this part of us that has to learn to parent ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and and recognize that, okay, we're tired or we're emotional right now. And sure, maybe there's a justifiable reason for that, but what's the most effective way to deal with it? Like us yelling and screaming, I mean, I'm being a little dramatic here, but you know, raging against something it may help for a little while but it's not really definitely um, not productive and we're not going to grow from that you know I mean I think we all have those temper tantrums from time to time but we really need to learn how to deal with the issues at hand right right and you're right it's like the temper tantrums even are fine like sometimes we just need to vent but it's when we give another person or situation the power to control our emotions and that's what this Scorpio energy is about, right? This Venus and Scorpio, because Scorpio is a water sign mm-hmm. and Scorpio is about mm-hmm. power. So it's a fixed water sign. So it's, it's easy to fixate your emotions on something. And then, you know, have another person have power over our emotions where someone does something and now suddenly I'm upset. Right. It shouldn't happen that way. You know, where I... No one should have the power to make me angry. I should be able to do that for myself if I want to. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, talking about our, yeah. <laughs> talking about an inner <laughs> two-year-old. So how can astrology help me better understand my children? Ah, that's such a lovely question. And it, it, well, I, I will say there's, a, there's, a, there's an astrologer, Alex Trenowitz, who has written a really great book called Growing Pains. And I have to admit, I have not read the whole book, but it's gotten great reviews and I've read, I've skimmed through it. And it's all about um, astrology for parents and dealing with their children and teenagers, especially, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So please look into okay. that. Alex Trenowitz, and the name of the book is Growing Pains. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes uh, for everybody. Yeah. 
and I have not read it, so apologies, Alex, but I do plan to very soon, but I would highly recommend it anyway. But one of the simplest ways I would say when it comes to children, of course, if you're looking at their charts, that's one thing, but um, and if you understand that, look at whether, and I would still recommend that you speak to an astrologer just because you don't want to, see, when we're looking at children's astrology charts, first of all, they're so young and it's very easy for us to project stuff on them. So I'd be very careful when you're like, you know, definitely reading the chart for a child because they haven't yet fully blossomed into everything they can be. They're still discovering themselves. So we should, we should be very careful to not put them into a box. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. <laughs> okay. And I, you have children. I'm sure you know, you know, they're, they're a wonder. They teach you so much every day. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. But Okay. Let me get to the point and answer your question. I think one of the simplest ways, even if you don't know their charts, is look at where the moon is that day. You know, if let's say the moon is in air, um, okay, let's start with something easier. The moon's in Pisces. You know, Pisces moon can be very, very sensitive. So if a child is having a particularly rough day on a Pisces moon day, maybe you could play them some music or you know, give them a warm bath or soothe them in some way, right? If the moon is in Aries, let's say, and the child is really cranky and upset, then what does an Aries moon need? Because an Aries moon can be very hot and fiery. Maybe the child just needs to get out and expend some energy. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the child needs to try some new activities or engage them in some new activities that would have them feeling passionate um, or excited or curious, uh, if the moon is, if when the moon is in Taurus, Taurus is a very physical sign. It likes, you know, it's creature comforts. It likes good food. It likes comfort food. It likes cuddles. It likes hugs. So that's one of the ways you could connect with your children. So I, I would suggest again, looking at the moon. Okay. You know, to see if the moon in, a, in the sky, in a chart, it, it represents our emotions what we need for nourishment, how we feel nurtured. And most of the time, that's, that's what we need to soothe ourselves, right? It's, if we're feeling okay, then everything's okay. Absolutely. So, okay. So, you know, day to day, we can look at where the moon is at in order to know what our children are currently needing. Yes, I think that that's a helpful point to start. Absolutely. Fantastic. Like on, on moon and Taurus days, they would, you know, you can do things that were more grounding. Like if you're doing activities with them then maybe something that's very tactile and making crafts and art because Taurus is also about creativity right but it's making things with your hands and something you can touch it's about the senses definitely so okay how would you uh let's say the moon is in Gemini then it could be you could be reading to them mm -hmm. or have them write stories or read them stories or it's a very communicative sign so it's help them to express themselves better. Okay. And then before the episode, we were actually yeah. talking and you were talking about a, ch a child's moon sign. So how can looking at my child's moon sign help me with them as well? I think it's similar. I mean, obviously uh, it's similar in the sense, looking at what sign the moon is in will tell you what they most need to feel nurtured, nourished, and the best qualities of that sign, right? So, for example, someone with a uh, moon in cancer, 
Okay, the moon is at home in Cancer, for example. So at best, you know, this is someone who is very emotionally nurturing. And let's say your child has moon and can has the moon in Cancer, and and this is what I mean. As adults, a moon in Cancer, how this person is an adult depends on how they were nurtured as a child. Right. I mean, it's part of how they are as people as well, but it's part of all the conditioning, right? So how they become as adults. The child, that's why I said, the child, you know, looking at the children, a child's horoscope is so, you have to be so careful because you don't want to limit them with your understanding of them. But what is the cancer moon like? Moon in cancer is about nourishment. It's about, this is a very emotional child. This is a very emotionally sensitive child. So the child needs a healthy outlet for its emotions as well. Uh, this is a child that needs nourishment through good food. Not that other children don't, but... Food is one of the ways that this child receives nourishment or feels cared for, um, as opposed to someone, a child with, let's say, a moon in Gemini. This is a child that needs to learn to express himself and accept, you know, both sides of his feelings and know that feelings aren't good or bad, and not to analyze his feelings, but rather to just be honest about them. I don't even know if I'm being very clear about this. Oh, no, you, you definitely are. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, to be able to look at our uh, children's charts and to get a sense about them, but we definitely don't want to mold them into something based on their charts, you know, but when we see some of these issues right. arising, we can definitely keep in mind that, you know, if, if our child right. is in cancer, we could maybe, you know, make them a good soup for dinner and give them that safe space where that, you know, they can right. be loved and be taken care of, you know. I think you did, you did that better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, um, one of my children is a Gemini, and for her, yeah. she, her moon isn't in Gemini, actually, and I don't know where her moon is, but, you know, her sun sign is a Gemini, yeah. and, you know, expressing herself and talking, I mean, there's nothing greater for her than just being able to curl up with me and talk for hours you know, and, you know, so as a mom, I'm constantly trying to just create those spaces and allow my children to, you know, be who they, they are and give them the space to grow in the ways they need to grow. So, you know, being able to understand that a little deeper, I think is, you know, very helpful. Absolutely. And you know what, maybe this is an idea for another time Mm -hmm. where we could actually go through all Mm -hmm. the 12 signs and the moon signs and see, you know, how, what are the ways that we could, you could do that for your children. Yeah, like that would be Leo, awesome. Yeah, we, that would be helpful because right now we're just talking, but that way we can run through all the 12 signs and all and do a rough overview of just ideas of how you can engage your children. Okay. Yeah. Let's do and that next course, time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. Because of course, you know, you have to take into consideration the whole chart. So this is not you know, the final word, but it is very helpful to know. For sure. Definitely. Well, Priya, I greatly appreciate you coming on here and discussing astrology with us. Um, You've been an amazing guest. Um, Tell the listeners how they can find you. Uh, Yes, you can find me. You can email me anytime at Priya at cosmicdiaries.com or I have a website at cosmicdiaries.com, which is well, it's being redesigned, but it's a, it's there and I have a lot of blogs and articles up there. Or you can find me on Instagram at Planet 
Priya does at Planet Priya. Perfect. Or Twitter at Priya Link. Oh my God, it's too much. Billy, <laughs> add it all. <laughs> we'll put all the links there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe your listeners, if anyone wants a reading, I can, if you mention Billy's Witchy Mamas, I can give you a 10% off. Amazing. So be so sure. To- yes. So um, email Priya and let her know that you heard her interview on Witchy Mamas and she will give you that 10% discount. And I definitely recommend a reading with her. Um, it's, it's been very helpful for me in understanding myself and some of the patterns that have been recurrent throughout my whole life and have, has definitely helped me work through, you know, a lot of my own issues. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, that, that helps me. That makes me feel like I did. I'm doing my work. So thank you. But thank you everyone for listening. And thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. I look forward to having you again. Well, thanks for listening in everybody. You can always find me on Twitter at Billy Corinne or at Witchy Mamas. And of course I'm on Instagram at Billy Corinne and you can always check out witchymamas.com. Look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.